Welcome from all of us at Albuquerque Reformed Church, a particular congregation of the Orthodox Presbyterian Church located in New Mexico. We thank you for joining us for this week's sermon. For more information about Albuquerque Reformed Church or to contribute to its ministry, visit abqreformed.org. And now, we invite you to open your Bible and listen to the preached word. Have you been in uh, situations or uh, was there a a time in your life when uh, you had been entrusted with a task by your manager or by your boss or by someone? You were entrusted with a task, but then you were not given sufficient resources to fulfill that task. Sometimes our managers and boss, uh, you know, they may say to us, do this and do that, but when you begin to that, when you begin to do that task, you realize that you are not given sufficient resources. And uh, you grow very frustrated. You become very angry because uh, I've been given a task, but no resources. But, praise be to God, uh, that's not the condition for us uh, Christians, for us uh, believers. Uh, Christ said to his disciples, go into the whole world and preach the gospel to every creature. We have been called to advance the kingdom of Christ. The good news is that not only we have been called to advance the kingdom of Christ, But Jesus also has given us sufficient resources. He has given us sufficient resources to fulfill this great calling. In chapter 8, we saw uh, four powerful works of Jesus, which were unmatched by anyone in history. And we have seen uh, powerful uh, miracles, his works, the works of Christ in chapter 8. Uh, we saw Jesus calming the storm, his authority over the nature. Then we saw uh, Jesus casting out a legion of demons, maybe uh, around 6,000 demons or more than that. We don't know the number, but it was a legion. Uh, then we saw the healing of the, uh, the woman with the flow of blood and then raising the dead uh, once again. Luke is showing us that uh, Jesus is the eternal Son of God and without any doubt, He is the eternal Son of God and He is the Messiah who was to come. He has come to redeem His uh, people. Now, from the very beginning of Jesus' ministry, He attracted a lot of people towards Him. He attracted a lot of crowd. There were some people who came to Him because uh, He was uh, healing and they wanted to be healed. Then there were some who were curious about him, and especially the scribes and the Pharisees, they were curious. Who is this person? And he is drawing a lot of attention towards him, a lot of people. He is gathering a lot of people, so they were curious about him. And uh, they came to him, and they stayed around Jesus for a time. And then there were also some who were learners, 
who came to Jesus to listen to him, to hear from him, to learn from him. These were called disciples. In Luke uh, chapter 6, uh, we are seeing that out of these disciples, he chose 12 to be his apostles. He specifically named them as apostles. All apostles were disciples, but all disciples were not apostles. Apostles were those who were called out of his many disciples. There were, Jesus had many disciples, but in Luke chapter 6, Luke shows us that he chose 12 to be his apostles. We can say that these 12s were the interns of their day. These 12 were the interns of Jesus' day. Jesus appointed them to be with him so they could uh, go with him wherever he would go. They could uh, hear from him. They could observe him, how he does things. And this is the model of ministry which uh, Jesus uh, shows us. Uh, this is the model of ministry which uh, Luke shows us in his gospel. That Jesus took people under his care and they were with him and they learned from him. They heard from him. They had many questions and they asked many questions and they were not perfect. They were growing and Jesus kept on clarifying their questions and they were uh, growing uh, in their knowledge of uh, Christ. And the thing which, uh, which would uh, surprise us is that none of the apostles were scribes or none of the apostles were priests. They were just ordinary people. They were just ordinary people like you and me. So we cannot say as believers that we are just like plain, simple, ordinary people. Uh, we, are not, uh, we are of no use to Christ. Praise be to God that uh, Jesus just takes ordinary people. Ordinary people who are like fishermen and uh, uh, someone worked in tax office and some were... <coughs> Uh, there was someone who was interested uh, in politics and uh, uh, he, was, uh, he was called Zealot. Uh, that means uh, he had interest uh, in politics. But all of them were average people. He took average people to be part of his kingdom. And not only to be part of, of his kingdom, but he is going to advance his kingdom through them. And now we are, it is almost uh, one and a half years, Jesus uh, uh, being in the ministry. He is ministering mainly, he is ministering mainly in the region of Galilee. And uh, now the time has come he, uh, for him to go towards Jerusalem and be killed, rise again and depart from the world. So now it is right time to send his uh, apostles to on a preaching trip, on their internship, on their own. So what is Luke, uh, what is Luke showing us in this passage today afternoon? Luke is showing us that Jesus will advance his kingdom through the ministry of word and deed, and he will supply all the needs of those whom he sends. That means Jesus is not like a boss who would just push his employees uh, without giving them the resources and tell him, okay, uh, get this job done or fulfill this task. But Jesus will not only send them, 
not only will tell them the means, but also he will give them the resources. He will supply all the needs of those whom he sends. Two ways Luke is showing us this truth in this passage today. First, in Christ's commission of his people. Christ's commission of his people. And secondly, in Christ's provision for his people. Christ's commission and his uh, provision. Now in uh, Luke, uh, uh, now in verse 1, uh, verse 1, uh, Luke shows, uh, verse 1 reads like this, Then he called his twelve disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. We have read about these twelve men in chapter 6. And uh, they were specifically called apostles. That means apostles means the sent ones. The idea, the idea here is that of a herald or of a messenger of a king. That means uh, a messenger when he speaks, he speaks authoritatively. There is authority in his word. There is weightiness of the matter. When he speaks, it is almost equivalent to almost equivalent to king speaking uh, to you. So the idea is that of a herald or a messenger. And these 12 are going to be the official representatives of Jesus once he would depart from the world. These 12 are going to preach or speak authoritatively on behalf of Christ. And interestingly, he chose only 12. He did not, cho he did not choose uh, 15 or 16 or 17 or maybe uh, 7 or 8 or 10. He chose exactly 12. And most likely because these 12 were signifying a new Israel, a new reconstituted, new reconstituted Israel. Matthew records that Jesus said to his apostles when they asked him what they will get in return for following him. Jesus said to them, when the Son of Man will, uh, will sit on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. So Jesus is once again reconstituting, reconstituting the new Israel. These twelve are going to be the foundation of his new covenant enterprise. He himself being the chief cornerstone. Now Luke shows us that he gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. There are two terms here, power and authority. You need power as well as authority. All this time, Jesus exercised power and authority and cured diseases by himself. But now his apostles are going to do the same in his name. Power is the, power is the ability to do something and authority is the right to do something. Power is the ability to do something and authority is the right to do something. A criminal gang may have power to control a city. But they do not have a legitimate authority or legitimate right to do so. Amen. They have the power, but they do not have the legitimate right to do so. 
whereas a police department may have a legitimate authority to control the law and order in the in the city but they may not have necessary power to enforce it if they are weak then they may not have necessary power to enforce it and that's how uh, it, it is in many uh, developing nations and uh, and in many places of the world uh, they have authority but they do not have power to enforce it <coughs> now imagine the disciples the apostles of jesus uh, uh, going to the towns uh, without power and authority they will be mocked at they will be mocked at but here Luke shows us that Jesus specifically gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. That means they can exercise the same power and authority which Jesus had. Mm-hmm. When Jesus cast out the demons, uh, he had authority. Yes. And even demons recognize that Jesus has power on, over them. Yeah. The moment they saw him, they realized that he could send them to hell. they recognize that they are in trouble and this is the same power jesus has given to his apostles all this day all this time they were training they were interns they were learning from him they were hearing for uh, from him and perhaps they were waiting that to, you know when is that moment when we will have that authority and we will that have, we will have that power to do what jesus did and here luke shows us in uh, luke chapter 9 that Jesus gave them the same power and authority which he had all this time now the time has come for Jesus to send his apostles to the people with the message of the nearness of the kingdom of god and luke shows us that he gave them the power and authority to fulfill this mission they will be able to do what jesus has called them to do Jesus is not going to push them into the world without giving them the necessary means to fulfill their mission. Their mission is not going to be mission impossible. <laughs> but their mission is going to be the mission possible. There is 100% certainty. There is 100% surety because it is Jesus who is sending them. They will be able to fulfill their mission for which he has enlisted them. And now Luke shows us that they have a twofold mission. Twofold mission. Their mission is to preach the kingdom of God and heal the sick. Look at verse 2. Uh, Luke uh, shows us he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. It is a twofold mission. But notice first of all the primacy of preaching in the apostolic apostolic mission. primacy of preaching god could have appointed any other means other than preaching to save the lost mm-hmm. have you ever wondered why preaching why preaching <laughs> why not something else he could have enlisted some angels or uh, he could have used uh, some other means but uh, but it pleased god that it pleased god to use the means of preaching to save the lost it please god to use the means of preaching to convert the sinners as simple as it is but it please god to use the means of preaching to 
save the world. He did not uh, employ angels. He did not employ violence to subdue the nations and bring them to obedience. But he employed the means of preaching to bring people out of bondage, out of darkness, and bring them to salvation by a Redeemer. The Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, verse 14 and 15 uh, Mark shows us that Jesus preached. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Jesus preached. And in Luke chapter 4, Luke has shown us that when the crowd sought him and came to him and tried to keep him from leaving them, that Jesus said to them, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also because for this purpose I have been sent. We have seen in this gospel that the primary way that God brings sinners to repentance is by preaching. Mm -hmm. Is by preaching the word of God. Is by teaching the word of God. Teaching the word of God uh, regularly, on a regular basis. Uh, teaching the word of God repeatedly, week after week. From, uh, from the last one and a half year, Jesus, from the past one and a half years, as we, we are looking through this gospel, Jesus was constantly teaching. He was constantly preaching and he is appointed preaching as the primary means to save the lost but Luke also shows us that preaching is not the only means that Jesus has appointed to advance his kingdom it is a primary means but not the only means it is preaching as well as caring for the whole person here Luke says that Jesus sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. In Matthew's account, he gives more details of what Jesus had said to his disciples. Jesus said to his disciples to preach as well as to heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Jesus cares for the body as well as for the soul. And that's what we have been looking all, uh, all this while. He cares for the whole person. Uh, when leper came to him, uh, he healed him. When he saw somebody possessed with demons, and and uh, uh, some, when he saw somebody in bondage uh, to devil, he uh, freed them. He cast out those demons. When he saw someone uh, paralyzed, uh, he healed him. When he saw uh, when he saw people uh, who were sick, he had compassion on them and he healed them. Jesus cares for the whole person. He cares for the soul as well as he cares for the body. His mission included preaching the gospel as well as caring for the body. And this is the same mission the church has. We are to preach the kingdom of God and care for the whole person. We cannot say that we will just limit ourselves uh, to preaching of the word of God and will just ignore the person and his body and his needs. There are many who get confused here. There are churches who do a good job in preaching the gospel but ignore the person. Then there are those who call themselves the churches of Christ, do good to others, do good to people, but ignore the preaching of the gospel. And if there is no gospel, then there is no church. That's the end Amen. of Christianity. <laughs> but Luke is showing us that it is not either or. It is both. 
We are called to preach the gospel as well as to care for the whole person. That's why we have eldership as well as diaconate. Elders care for the soul and diaconate cares for the physical need of the body of Christ. We see in Acts chapter 6, the church caring for the widows. They cared for their needs. Now, we do not have the same kind of miraculous gifts as the apostles had. They had the power to heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, and perform wonders in the name of Jesus Christ. These miraculous gifts not only restored the sick and afflicted, but also authenticated their message. Scriptures were not completed by then, and then for them there was no standard to judge their teaching. But these extraordinary sign gifts authenticated their message. So not only what they are doing, uh, not only they are caring for the body of the people, but also these uh, sign gifts are authenticating their message. These extraordinary sign gifts authenticated their message and gave them the stamp of approval that their message was trustworthy and their message came from Jesus. They were representing they were representing Jesus. We do not have the same gift and neither do we have need for our message to be authenticated by sign gifts. But instead our message is being authenticated by scriptures. The word of God authenticates our message and judges us whether we are the faithful witness of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we are still called to preach the gospel as well as care for the whole person. We care for the whole person when we visit the sick, when we pray for the sick, when we care for our brothers and sisters in Christ uh, who are needy, who are sick, who are in trouble, when we help them in distress, when we provide uh, for them, when we uh, care for the whole person by sacrificing our time and energy. Sometimes we may have to uh, go an extra mile to help uh, people, those who are in trouble, those who are in shut-in, and uh, those who are unable to help them. And the writer of the Hebrews in chapter 13 goes as far as to exhort the believers to entertain even the strangers in the sense of doing good to them. So this is the same calling which we have, even though we don't have the sign gifts as apostles had, but still we are called to preach the gospel as well as care for the whole person. We are called to do a word and deed ministry. This is the ministry of the church, word and deed. This was Christ's commission to his first interns, and this is the same commission which remains for us as his church word and deed ministry but now Luke also shows us Christ's provision for his people who ministers on his behalf look at verses 3 and 4 Luke shows us that Jesus was sending his apostles on a specific mission to preach and heal all this time it was uh, Jesus alone who was preaching and healing the sick and now he is sending his disciples to do the same. Now in verse 3 and 4, disciples have an unusual instruction as they carry this task. 
For Jesus says to them, Take nothing for the journey, neither staff, nor bag, nor bag, nor bread, nor money, and do not have two tunics apiece. Whatever house you enter, stay there, and from there depart. And whoever will not receive you, when you go out of the city, shake off the, the very dust from your feet as a testimony against them. If you are called to go to a place and to praise the gospel, what would you do? How would you pack? Just imagine, how would you pack your bag? I think you will uh, pack lots and lots of clothes. <laughs> lots and lots of clothes. And um, uh, God only knows. Uh, but uh, you would have, I think, a couple of bags. Uh, you would have a couple of bags. I think uh, traveling light is not in our blood. Uh, in most of our people's blood. <laughs> traveling light? No. Uh, every single thing, what you have in your house, you, that will be found in that bag. Yep. <laughs> and that's how we will uh, prepare uh, ourselves. You know, and uh, you know how often it happens that uh, you go to a new place, you carry all this luggage, and uh, you open your bag, and you don't find that one single thing. <laughs> and uh, you know, you find yourself is like uh, yeah. <laughs> totally in distress. Oh, I've missed that one single thing. I packed all of these things. That one single thing. And that happens to us all the time. So it is not an easy thing that to take nothing for the journey. No. It is not at all an easy thing. But Jesus is saying here, take nothing for the journey. Neither staff, nor bag, nor bread. In their bag, usually, you know, when the rabbis, uh, they, when they went town to towns in their bags, uh, you know, they would have, uh, have uh, you know, bread. You know, sometimes they would have two staff instead of one staff uh, for their, you know, basic necessity. They would have two staff. And when they get money, arms, they would put that in their bag. And they would uh, take a couple of, uh, uh, they would take a pair of clothes, clothes for them for a change. But Jesus is saying, take nothing. Take Nothing like take, do not take anything of this sort. Matthew chapter nine, chapter ten verse nine and ten gives us a greater detail and says that Jesus had said, "Provide neither gold nor silver nor copper copper in your money belts, nor bag for a journey, nor two tunics, nor sandals, nor staffs, for a worker is worthy of his food." Amen. In other words, you do not need to carry these things as the God of heaven provided for his people in the wilderness. I care about even the smallest of your needs. I care about your need. I know you. I know your needs. Even the smallest of these things, even the small, smallest of things which you need, I will be providing for you. You trust me. I am the Lord. I am the Master. I am the Savior. It's me who is sending you. Things will be provided to you as you faithfully discharge your duties. Your responsibility is to faithfully preach the gospel and heal the sick. Your responsibility is to faithfully proclaim the message which I have taught you. 
and your responsibility is to trust me as you go preaching the gospel. Christ is calling them to trust in him as they go to preach without taking anything with them for the journey. Jesus further says uh, in, uh, in verses 4 and 5, Whatever house you enter, stay there and depart, uh, and from there depart. And whoever will not receive you, when you go out of that city, shake off the very dust from the feet as a testimony against them. In Matthew reads like this, Now whatever city or town you enter, inquire who in it is worthy, and stay there till you go out. And, if you, and when you go into a household, greet it. If the household is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it is not worthy, let your peace return to you. And whoever will not receive you, nor hear your words, when you depart from that house or city, shake off the dust from your feet. Assuredly, I say to you, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. Jesus is very clear that there are some who are going to receive their message. And... At the same time, there are some who are going to reject their message. There are some who are going to receive their message and provide for them, provide for their needs, provide for their basic uh, necessities. But at the same time, there are some who are going to reject their message. So is he setting them up for a reasonable expectation? It is always good when you have a reasonable expectation. What happens when you have a high expectation with something? You, when you have a high expectation in your life and when it, does, when it doesn't uh, you know, come through as you expected, what happens? You get disappointed. But Jesus is very clear here. He's uh, setting them up for a reasonable expectation. There are some who are going to receive their word. There, there are some who are going to receive Jesus. But at the same time, there are some who are going to reject them and their message. Those who gladly receive their message will provide for them. You stay with them till they, till they are in that town. You stay with them in that, till you are in that town. And then move afterwards once, you, once your ministry is fulfilled in that area. In this way, they were to cover all the towns. But Jesus also cautions them that there are some who are going to reject their message. No matter how many miracles they do, no matter how much they try to persuade, there are some people who are going to reject their message. Is this not true even today? There are uh, loved ones among us. There are friends and we want uh, them to know the Lord, we want them to know uh, that there is forgiveness uh, of their sins, that Jesus would forgive all their sins uh, if they come to Him. They would have eternal life. And uh, we pray for them, we share the gospel with them, we persuade them. But uh, despite uh, all what we do, they reject the message of Christ. There is a limit to reason. Sometimes we try to reason. Uh, but there is a limit to reason. There is a limit to reason. They continue to reject the message of the Son of God. And this is the hard reality of this fallen world. 
and Jesus is telling them that uh, whoever will not receive you when you go out of that city shake off the very dust from your feet as a testimony against them that if they do not receive you it's okay it's okay to leave that place it's okay to leave that place and go out of that city and shake off the dust very dust from your feet so Christ Christ never taught his people uh, to try to forcefully convert people or to speak in such a manner that it comes as that pushy no matter how much ever you speak how much ever you try to persuade or reason there is a limit to it at the same time somewhere else Jesus says uh, do not cast your pearls in front of swine beyond a particular reason if you continue to argue with the person perhaps they may blaspheme the name of Christ I think uh, that's what Jesus is teaching his disciples here that if they do not receive your word it is good to leave them that uh, their um, Matthew shows us that uh, their condition will be much more worse than the people of the land of Sodom and Gomorrah. Jewish rabbis, after they came from a visit from a Gentile area, would shake off the dust from their feet because they held the idea that Gentile lands carried defilement. And as for Matthew's record, Jesus is saying here that those who reject his message through them are worse than the Gentiles. Mm. They are uh, they are Jewish, they are ethnically Jewish, they are called the people of God, but they are worse than the Gentiles. On the day of judgment, their condition is going to be worse than the people of the land of Sodom and Gomorrah. Now in verses 6 to 9, we are seeing the scope of the disciples' ministry. Look at verses 6 to 9. The interns obeyed their master. Luke shows us they departed and went through the towns preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. They covered much more area being traveled. They covered much more area. They went uh, perhaps uh, far more places than Jesus went uh, himself in person. All these months they stayed with Jesus and they were learning whatever Jesus taught. They asked countless questions and saw his miracles and they saw what Jesus did. Uh, now they himself, Luke shows us, that they went throughout the towns and preached the gospel and healed everywhere. And Mark shows us that they went out and preached that people should repent. They preach the same old message. John the Baptist came preaching, uh, preaching repentance. Jesus came preaching repentance. And the apostles are preaching the same message. They preach repentance. There are many people today uh, who would not like uh, preaching repentance. There are churches who would never preach repentance. Just come to Jesus uh, and your sins will be forgiven. Say that sinner's prayer and that's the end of it. Live whatever way you want to live. Do whatever uh, you want to do. Nope. Jesus loves all, <laughs> receives all, and uh, love, is, uh, love is everything. Mm -hmm. And uh, they never talk about repentance. 
but the gospels clearly shows us that uh, the apostles preached repentance jesus preached repentance on the baptist repent, uh, preached repentance and this was the message from the very beginning and i think they did very well in their intention they because they left behind many people who were talking about jesus if you look at verses 7 to 9 that there were many people across the land who were talking about jesus and this is what faithful servants were are called to do preach faithfully about jesus people should be asking who is this jesus who is this person they should not be talking about the preachers they should not be talking right. about the servants but they should be talking about jesus yes and verses 7 to 9 shows us that their preaching went not only not only their preaching went everywhere in the town but even it reached palace even herod the tetrarch started to wonder he started to wonder and he started to ask who is this jesus this is the right kind of questions this is a kind of question anyone who hears the preaching of the word of god uh, need to ask himself who is this jesus this is the question herod is asking and this is the same question which everyone is confronted with whenever the gospel is preached wherever the gospel is preached the question is who is this jesus and this is the question which everyone need to answer some or the other day if not today tomorrow who is jesus herod is asking the same question people are talking about jesus in verses 7 to 9 this is the question they are talking about they were talking about jesus because the apostles had done a good job in witnessing christ to everyone some said that he was uh, john who was risen from the dead others said it is uh, it was elijah who was to come according to the great prophet malachi and some said that he was one of the prophets of old who has come back to life everyone is curious about jesus and wants to know his real identity and herod is particularly curious because his guilty conscience made him afraid of john's ghost <laughs> this is herod antipas the son of the infamous herod the great who had sought to have jesus killed when he was only a baby and now luke shows us that when herod the tetrarch had heard all of this that was done by christ and his disciples he was perplexed he was perplexed because because he had, he had unjustly taken the life of john the baptist yes. the last we heard about john was in chapter 7 where he was in prison and sent messengers to jesus asking if he was the messiah and now we know that he is dead because herod had had him beheaded he got him beheaded because he had confronted his relationship with his brother philip's wife he and his adulterous girlfriend had silenced john the baptist but looks like 
it is all over again. <laughs> they thought that it ended. Everything is everything ended. But now it looks like it is all over again. Herod silenced John, but he could not silence his guilty conscience. My dear brothers and sisters in Christ, you may say to yourself that I will commit this sin and uh, that nobody has seen. Uh, that's the end of it and I would have peace. First thing, it's God always sees. You cannot hide from God. But at the same time, God has a secret agent you know, in your own house. God has a secret agent, not only in your own house, but uh, in your own person. He has a secret agent. And that, and that agent is conscience. Our conscience sees everything, knows everything. There is nothing which you can hide from your conscience. And that conscience will either accuse you or excuse you. It will prick you when you commit sin. And whenever or wherever uh, the gospel is preached, that conscience pricks the person at that point of time. And this is what is happening with uh, Herod. Herod the Tetrarch. He had uh, John the Baptist killed. Uh, John had confronted uh, him because of uh, his adulterous relationship with his brother's wife. And the preaching of the gospel, the preaching by uh, disciples and the preaching by Jesus constantly. He is constantly hearing about Jesus. Uh, he is constantly uh, uh, hearing about the need to repent. And for him, it has all, it has begun once again, all over again. He is confronted with his sin. Herod's conscience is accusing him of the murder he had committed and all the evils he had done. The preaching of Jesus and his disciples brought fresh memories of the evil which he had committed in the past. And this is what preaching does. It confronts the sinner. And people respond in two ways. Either they receive the message of Christ, either they repent of their sins, they receive Christ, or either they reject Him. Those who receive the message of uh, Christ receives His people and provide for their basic needs. But those who reject their message will not even show basic hospitality to the people of God. Disciples of Jesus represents Jesus Himself. Those who reject the disciples of Jesus are rejecting Christ himself. And this is the dynamic which will always continue till the coming of Christ. This is the dynamic which will always continue till the second coming of Christ. And we should never be discouraged when people reject Christ. Herod asked the question, who is this Jesus? But history does not uh, show that he repented from his sins because he was also an accomplice when he indicted Jesus with everyone else when they cried out, crucify him, crucify him. He also was one of the accomplices. 
sometimes we get very discouraged when people whom he love whom we love reject Christ we get very disappointed but this is how things are yeah. there are people who will receive Christ and his people and there are those who are going to be confronted with their sin and would not receive him but god has called us to faithfully preach the gospel he has he has called us to faithfully preach the gospel and care for the people all around us he has lord has called us to preach the gospel and care for the people he has called us to do word and deed ministry and he has promised to be with his people and he has promised to provide for their needs may we continue to do what christ has called us to do and leave the results to him amen our gracious holy father thank you for speaking to us and thank you for the task which we have we have the same task as the apostles had to preach the word of god faithfully week after week as uh, as church uh, our task is the same to witness Christ to everyone to every living creature lord we pray that uh, you would uh, continue to work in us as your people and that you would continue to give us great boldness to proclaim to continue to proclaim your word faithfully there are there are going to people who are going to reject your message at the same time there are going to be people who are going to receive your message and this is the dynamic uh, which will continue till the coming of Christ but lord we pray that we will never be discouraged because there are people who reject you and reject your message instead we pray that we would uh, continue to be bold and we would continue to be encouraged that our savior is with us and he has provided us with all the means uh, to uh, to build his kingdom in this place where he has placed us oh lord we pray that uh, you would continue to give us a burden for this city and that we would continue to minister uh, minister to the people here in this place and uh, you would uh, give us ways uh, to minister to those uh, who are far from you here in this place so we pray that you would continue to bless us and you would continue to build us as your people and you would establish this church here and uh, we would grow as your people we ask this prayer in the name of our lord jesus christ amen amen Thank you for joining us. If you were blessed by this sermon, we invite you to visit us at abqreformed.org, where you'll find more information about our ministry. We look forward to you joining us again, online or in person. Until then, may peace, comfort, and grace be given to you through our Lord Jesus Christ.